Hello everybody, this is Encozy with the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about two main topics. Number one, we're going to go over my review for the not necessarily very anticipated movie, but definitely a movie that I saw this week in Cocaine Bear, which is the based on a true story movie about a bear that did cocaine. It is literally in the title. Second story we're going to talk about this week is the interesting drama surrounding the TV show Yellowstone and the intersection between Kevin Costner, the lead actor, and Tyler Sheridan, who is the creator of it. And just all the really interesting news and rumors that are happening around that particular very successful show. So, let's get into it. When it comes to Hollywood, they have a very interesting relationship with the word or with the phrase based on a true story. You see, from what everybody else would understand that as based on a true story means that something that you see is essentially a beat-for-beat remake of an actual event that has happened. However, whenever you look at Hollywood and they use the word based on a real story, what they really mean is loosely based on a real story. And A perfect example of that is the review that I'm going to give for the movie Cocaine Bear. As I said, it's very, very open in what the movie is about. It's about a bear that does cocaine. So, the real story about Cocaine Bear is that in 1985, drugs were dropped into the Georgia forest. When the police went searching for the drugs... They came across a bear that overdosed on cocaine. They don't know what time the bear got the drugs. They know that they ingested a lot of the drugs. They know that the bear didn't necessarily have a lot of it in its bloodstream, but they know it ingested a lot of it, and they know the bear died. Now, here's the thing with this true story. We don't know what the bear did after they were found dead with the drugs in their system. We don't know any deaths that happened during that time frame. All we know is that the sad thing was that a bear came across some cocaine that was dropped from an airplane and they died. That is the end of the true story of Cocaine Bear. This movie is, it does have all those elements. A bear gets cocaine from a drug drop in Georgia. Everything else that happens in this movie is false. It's exaggerated or it flat out did not happen. However, that is the beauty of a Hollywood based on a real story. In Hollywood, They're not going to let necessarily 
facts like this bear didn't necessarily kill anybody get in the way of a fun story, which is what would happen if a bear went on cocaine and went on a murderous rampage? What would happen? What would happen to the people that were came across that bear? What would happen to the bear? What crazy things would the bear do getting this cocaine? That is what the movie Cocaine Bear seeks to answer. It seeks to indulge in our fantasy of how messed up a bear would be if it was on cocaine and how it would react. So let's get into the review. So in Cocaine Bear, this movie is directed by Elizabeth Banks. As I said, it's about a bear gets on cocaine and starts murdering people. I'll start with the bad parts of Cocaine Bear and I'll go into the good parts of Cocaine Bear. So the bad parts about Cocaine Bear, it's all the things that are not attached to the bear. So this movie has a decent cast. You know, it has some people who are good actors. You know, it's got Carrie Russell, it's got O'Shea Jackson Jr., it's got Ray Liotta, it has a Margot Martindale. She's a great character actor. I love her. It's got Jesse Tyler Ferguson from, you know, Modern Fi- Modern Family. He's in this movie. Really, it's got some good actors. The problem is you don't feel like they're doing anything. This feels like you're putting a whole bunch of people in this movie and they essentially have only the most surface level of story. As I said, this is a movie about cocaine bear, so you're not necessarily expecting Schindler's List from it, but it does feel like a little bit of a lost uh, potential in that all these plot lines, it's got like four or five different plot lines in this movie and none of them really mesh or they kind of run into the cocaine bear and then they just end there. So you want at least a little bit of story. You don't need a lot of story. You don't need virtually any story. The problem is if you give somebody some story, you want to finish that story or you want to really cohesively blend that story. In all honesty, O'Shea Jackson and uh, Ray Liotta and Alden Ehrenreich, their story makes sense. You know, they're essentially drug dealers trying to get the cocaine that was dropped in Georgia. That makes sense. Uh, Carrie Russell and as well as some others, she is trying to find her daughter and her daughter's friend who are in the forest. That also is enough story. When you look into the other characters, and even uh, Margot Martindale's story, she's the ranger, she's there to protect the park. That's all you needed. They added on additional elements in this story that I didn't necessarily love. So that's my first big pet peeve. Second big pet peeve I have with this movie is it's a little too serious. 
So it's got other people in there like Isaiah Whitlock Jr. You know, it's got it's got like good cast, as I said. But this movie had too many moments where it was trying to be a hundred percent serious. And while yes, it makes sense in terms of if you're gonna have a killer bear, you want that to be taken seriously. What I meant was it was serious between people. That is not what this movie needed. This movie needed serious as in the threat is real, not necessarily serious as in, oh, this is a serious situation where they're dealing with all these complex emotions. That's not what this movie needed. It felt off whenever that came up. So that's my second biggest pet peeve with this movie. And that's actually my last pet peeve with this movie. Because I actually liked everything else. Number one thing I liked, the bear. The bear was 100% CGI. It wasn't a real bear. Also, the thing about the bear is whenever the bear was on the scene, it conveyed, even with it being 100% CGI, it conveyed whatever it needed to convey very well. When it was threatening, it conveyed being threatening very easily. When it was playful, it portrayed being playful very easily. Whoever did the CGI for this movie, they need a pat on the back because when the bear wanted to look murderous, it looked murderous. And that that is a badge of honor that you can portray that emotion in a 100% CGI uh, creature. Second thing is that this movie is a lot gorier than I thought it would be. This is an R-rated movie, to be clear. You don't think that it's going to have a lot of gore, even though this is a movie about a bear on cocaine killing people. I'm not expecting it to have these huge moments where, oh, that went way out of left field. I did not need any of this gore that was in this movie, and yet it was in this movie. I would say one of the goriest moments actually doesn't involve the bear, and it was really surprising, but this movie is a whole lot gorier than you think. You are going to see body parts flying in this movie. You're going to see some wild scenes with the bear, and the bear is going to maul people. The bear is going to look like they are an actual threat. So you're definitely going to see them kill people. You're, it's not going to, oh, they catch somebody in tall grass, it fades to black. You're going to see them rip people apart. That is going, if you're not ready for that, if you do not like to see gore in that kind of frame of reference, this movie is not for you. I very much enjoyed it. Whenever the bear did that for me, I was like, oh, this bear is a threat. This bear is a problem. I love that when you make your villain seem like they are an actual threat on the screen. That's what I want to see. And that's what I got with Cocaine Bear. And I would say the third thing, honestly, 
it may not seem like a lot, but it is a lot in my opinion, especially just as a casual moviegoer. Well, a little bit less casual now that I'm doing this podcast, but you get what I mean. This movie is fast. I will say at one point the movie was dragging and I looked at my watch, which to me is the greatest sin. When you're looking at your watch in regards to a movie, the movie's going a little bit too long. I looked at my watch and I thought, hey, you know, I was caught like a 620 show. I was like, okay, after the trailers and all that, maybe it got started at like 6.30, 6.35. And I was looking at my watch and I was saying, it's it's about time. You know, it's getting close to like nine o'clock. It's, it's about that time for you to end. And the movie, as if it read my mind, said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And it was ended within like five minutes of when I looked at my watch, which is always a good sign. It's a better sign in a movie when you don't even look at your watch. And I really, I really envy those people who are essentially like time blind when they go into a movie theater. Like they go in, they're invested. They have no sense of how much time has passed. They're just engrossed in the movie. I can only get that way when a movie is, when it's bought in and when the pacing feels great. That's the only time I really get time blind. Outside of that, if I feel like that story is dragging, I'm looking at my watch and I'm saying, hey, how long is this going to be really? And with Cocaine Bear, it really was a quick movie it was only about an hour and a half maybe a little bit more than that which is what it needed to be this is not a complex story it isn't more in peace it isn't saving private ryan this is cocaine bear it is always a good hallmark in my mind when a movie knows what it is and it plays into that If your movie does not know what it is, it can run into some serious problems. And Cocaine Bear, to its absolute credit, did not run into those problems. It knew what it was. It stayed in its lane. And because it stayed in its lane, the problems that I had with the movie were offset by the good things with the movie. If I had to give this a review, which I am, it would be, hey, go see this movie in theaters. This will be a fun movie to see in theaters. If I have to give it on a 1 to 10 scale, it would be a solid 7 out of 10. You're going to get more positives than you will negatives from this movie. And if you walk into this movie with the right mindset, knowing this movie is about a cocaine bear a bear that is on cocaine this is not high cinema this is fun jaunt a fun adventure i think you are going to have a very very good time i think you will absolutely reap every benefit of the money that you spent if you go into this with anything else you will be sadly disappointed so 
just have your expectations set properly enjoy cocaine bear i think you'll have the same well not exactly the same but a close level of enjoyment with cocaine bear as you had with a movie like megan that's like the closest thing i can say whereas these movies know what they are i think megan was a little bit more successful in its implementation than cocaine bear that does not mean that cocaine bear is bad it just means that megan did it a little bit better but i heavily encourage you to go see cocaine bear i think you're going to really enjoy it especially if you like yourself a little bit of gore i think you're really going to enjoy seeing cocaine bear in theaters now that we have properly talked about the cocaine bear and the fun that you have with that we'll switch gears a little bit and we'll talk about a very interesting story that's happening around the TV show Yellowstone and its main character Kevin Costner and the show's creator uh, Taylor Sheridan so if you don't know about the TV show Yellowstone that's not necessarily a surprising thing it is a show that streams it's on Paramount Plus it is a show based in Montana where it is about the Yellowstone Ranch and the Dutton family it stars Kevin Costner as I said before and it is a very popular show. It's actually been on for, at this point, five seasons. And it's gained popularity year over year over year. In fact, Kevin Costner was nominated for an Emmy. And I think he won an Emmy in this last one. I have to go back and check. But the show has been incredibly successful. It's one of those shows where if you are not aware of it, you aren't necessarily in the demographic that it's speaking towards. But if you are in that demographic, it is a very good show. It's a very solid show. I would say what it reminds me of is a more visceral, more Western. And when I say Western, I don't mean West Coast. I mean Western as in, you know, ranches and cowboys and indigenous people that kind of western ideal only set in a more modern time as in today's time the show has been very successful i've finished about two seasons of it and i've very much enjoyed what i have seen so the big thing that's come down the big shakeup that's happened has been the story that came out from Dateline at first, or Deadline, and Deadline reported that the executives at Paramount were actually looking to end Yellowstone, a very successful show, and they were ending it in a very odd manner. Normally when shows end, Everybody's let go from their contracts, the show ends, 
and then everybody moves on. The interesting thing, however, is to note that the show was apparently going to end. A new show was going to come up with a similar cast, however, with one change. And the only change being is that it would no longer have Kevin Costner there as the main star. And instead, it was said that Matthew McConaughey would come in and play the titular star. So everyone else from the show or a large amount of people from the previous show would come back in this new show and the main person from the main cast that would not come back is Kevin Costner. And this was a wild story. Normally, when you have a successful show, a show definitely as successful as Yellowstone, you're trying to keep the golden goose. You're trying to keep the main cast, the people that everyone cares about. You're trying to keep them together as much as possible. You don't want to let go of the people that everybody comes to see. You can add side characters. It's very hard to lose main characters. For example, look at Law & Order Special Victims Unit. They're not letting go of Mariska Hargitay unless they absolutely have to. And with the amount of time that Ice-T's character has been around, he's not going anywhere because he's beloved by Law & Order SVU fans as well. So this is what I mean. Normally, you keep your main star in that show. Now, they're talking realistically about letting these guys go, about letting Kevin Costner, the lead character in the show, go and move on with Matthew McConaughey. So obviously, the question is, why? So Paramount has come out and they haven't necessarily, you know, acknowledged it. For example, in the story, they said, we have no news to report. Kevin Costner is a big part of Yellowstone, and we hope that's the case for a long time to come. Thanks to the brilliant mind of Taylor Sheridan, we are also working on franchise expansions in this incredible world he has built. Matthew McConaughey is a phenomenal talent with whom we'd love to partner. So the rumor is that in the show Yellowstone, Kevin Costner has other priorities he's actually directing and starring in a multi-part western called horizon it's a multi-part western movie which he's doing with new line cinemas and the big thing is he's trying to split his time between yellowstone and horizon so on the show in the first part of this current season he only shot for about 50 days. So that means Kevin Costner was only available to shoot his scenes for about less than two months, which is a very short amount of time. TV shows take a long time to shoot. They can take weeks to shoot a single episode. Even the fastest one, you'll need the character there and you can shoot maybe a single episode in a week. But if you think about it, even if it's 10 episodes, you'll need somebody there for 10 weeks, which 
would be about two and a half months. So if he's talking about shooting all of his scenes in there in just, you know, 65 days, that is a very short amount of time for everyone to be ready for just his scenes. And that's not counting reshoots or anything like that, which a show of Yellowstone's caliber would definitely need to have. The issue isn't that he was shooting for 65 days, however. The issue is that according to Deadline, he wants to reduce that even more. And he wants to only shoot for the second half of this season, because Yellowstone is split up into two seasons. He wants to shoot for only one single week for the entire second season. And that has apparently ticked off the creator, Taylor Sheridan, as well as the Paramount uh, bosses over there. So obviously, Kevin Costner has fought back. He's declined. He's disregarded all these rumors. His, uh, his attorney, Marty Singer, said, you know, the idea that Kevin was only willing to work one week on the second season on the second half of season five is an absolute lie. It's ridiculous, and anyone suggesting it shouldn't be believed for one second. So, obviously, this story has where Kevin Costner has fought back. He said, no, I still want to do this. I still am willing to shoot this story. I just don't know where these rumors are coming from, and you should not believe these rumors. So, this is where we get interesting situations and blowback in regards to we have a huge actor in terms of Kevin Costner. Remember, this is Kevin Costner, Academy Award winner Kevin Costner, who won an Academy Award for Dances with Wolves, which I, I like Dances with Wolves. It's a fine movie. I understand why he won an Oscar for that. This is also the guy who directed Waterworld. So I do feel like that kind of balances things out when you talk about the greatness of Kevin Costner. But Kevin Costner is a great actor. He really is good. And in this role in Yellowstone, from what I've seen, he hits that note completely. He is a tough guy. He also has a compassionate side. He is everything you want as the figurehead of this large ranching family that owns a lot of land in this state of Montana. So big ups to Kevin Costner for how he's portraying this role. And then you're also running into a creator in terms of Taylor Sheridan that has multiple hits with Paramount that do not involve Yellowstone. I mean, he does have multiple hits with Yellowstone. This guy has taken this show Yellowstone and he's done three different spinoffs. He's done one about the founding of the Dutton family in terms of them getting out into Montana and finding their ranch. He does one with Helen Mirren and also with uh, 
Harrison Ford, where that one's been going on for two seasons. That one's called 1923, and the other one previously was called 1883, where it's about the Western expansion and how the Dutton family deals with that, as well as the Great Depression. He also has a third series, which is going to be a limited series, shooting with David Yellowell, where it's about Bass Reeves, the famous black uh the famous black uh deputy u.s marshal so he's got those three shows he also has a potential for a fourth one called 6666 which is set on the four sixes ranch in texas this is also a guy who not only has the show with jeremy renner mayor of kingstown which is in its second season i've been watching that that one's actually really good he also has Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. That is also really good. So this is a guy who's come out with hit after hit after hit after hit. He's essentially being a rainmaker for Paramount+. Plus. And you have these two people who are essentially the golden gooses. One in terms of an acting, but the other one in terms of creating hit TV shows. And Matthew McConaughey is no slouch. So it's all about who do you believe in this situation and who is going to come out on top. Personally, I don't know if any of what's being reported is true. I think the only thing that is true is that they don't necessarily want to work with Kevin Costner anymore, or at least Taylor Sheridan doesn't want to work with Kevin Costner anymore. And he sees Matthew McConaughey as, if I can get Matthew McConaughey to come in here and do this show, I think Kev I think Matthew McConaughey could fill in for Kevin Costner and we can keep this show going, which honestly isn't a terrible idea. That's actually a very interesting one. And this is also the guy who can come to the Paramount execs and say, Look at all the shows I've given you in a relatively short amount of time. This is all within the past five years that all these shows I've named have happened. I've given you not one, not two, not three, not four. I've given you five successful shows that people are watching. And the Bass Reeves show is going to come out later on. He also has a show called Lioness with Zoe Saldana, Nicole Kidman, and Morgan Freeman about to come out. He also has a show with Billy Bob Thornton called Landman, which will come out. So it's really such an interesting inside Hollywood dynamic where who will come out on top? Is Kevin Costner a... Hollywood A-list star a legacy in terms of movies and TV. He has been in so many successful projects, has so many people who probably owe him one. If not, just know him and respect him. Or is it going to be Taylor Sheridan, a guy who has been the 
biggest hit maker for Paramount Plus in terms of original programming. He's he's been it. There's been essentially no one else that's been as prolific as him in terms of Paramount Plus. There have been individual shows, but when you look at some of the biggest shows on Paramount Plus, Taylor Sheridan's name is all over those shows. So is he going to get his way or is Kevin Costner going to push back and get his way, which is he's going to squash this? This is all so incredibly interesting. It's egos clashing at really such an inopportune time in that, like I said, this show has gained a lot more popularity in its fifth season simply because it's grown its audience year over year. And in entering into its fifth season, people are really talking about this show, how much they enjoy this show. It's reached, I would say, a critical mass of its following. So to see all this happen, I am so intrigued to see what will happen if they cancel the show start a new one with Matthew McConaughey. Is the show going to be bigger? Is it going to be smaller? Is it going to explode even more? Taylor Sheridan's been doing well, so there really is no way to say that. Is Kevin Costner's new show a new movie Horizon? Is that going to be incredibly successful where he might be nominated for another Oscar for doing Horizon, and then we're just having all of these conversations about who was in the right, who's in the wrong, who came out on top, who didn't come out on top, and I'm so, this is just the fan of entertainment in me, just being so, so, so intrigued as to what's going to happen with all of this, how this is going to play out in terms of the audience, how it's going to play out in terms of Paramount. This is not going to be solved this year. This is going to go on. I think the fallout from this is going to go on for years. And how are we going to look back on this? Like I said, this this is so intriguing, and I cannot wait to see more into how it's going to affect not only him, not only Kevin Costner, how it's going to affect the rest of the cast, how it's going to affect Matthew McConaughey, how it's going to affect Hollywood in general. If he's able to pull this off, is it going to be easier for people to pull their main stars if they're being, you know very obstinate or they just don't get along or is this going to make it even tougher because the next thing he does is going to fail so many interesting stories and i cannot wait to hear more about these interesting stories so i would love to get your feedback everybody how you feel about yellowstone if you love or hate yellowstone also maybe you have another idea for who you want to be the head of a next Yellowstone series or if they bring back the rest of the cast except Kevin Costner 
would you be cool with Matthew McConaughey or would you want someone else to take that role? I'd love to hear your comments on the uh, on the podcast. So now that we've gone out to the Old West, I think we need to hitch our wagon and head on out into the sunset. So if you want to hear more about the podcast, or you want to contact us, there are several ways you can do it. You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at Two Sides Coin. That's T-W-O-S-I-D-E-Z, coin, all one word. If you want to get us on Instagram, that's two sides of a coin. If you want to email us with your opinions or any kind of comments that you might have, it's at two sides podcast at gmail.com. That's T-W-O-S-I-D-E-Z, podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys in regards to your opinions and how you want to move forward or how you want the podcast to improve. We're always open to your guys' opinion. So you can hear the podcast on Podbean and on Spotify, and we would love to hear from you. So everybody have a good rest of the week. And we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday.